so much for tuning into another episode of Teen Gen Talks. And it's the first episode, interview episode of the year. So yay. <laughs> but um, so the goal is to empower the youth of Glendale, connect you to community resources, individuals, and organizations. I'm your host, Melissa. And I'm Desiree. And we had the pleasure of talking to Elisa Bonin. Elisa was born and raised in the Philippines and now lives in Germany. Publishing a book has been her dream since she was eight years old, and she is thrilled to finally be able to share her story. She is the author of Dauntless and Stolen City, and we hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you so much for taking that time out of your day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So to start off the interview, I want to ask about your love for books and writing and how that did that love blossom. So I was basically always a reader. Um, I actually learned to read when I was two, which completely freaked my parents out. Uh, so basically from a very young age, like my earliest memories were reading books. Um, so I grew up in the Philippines and the books that I could read were basically whatever books happened to be lying around because like in my town growing up, there was maybe one bookstore that sold new books when I was a kid and most of the books were too expensive to buy all the time. Um, so I ended up basically reading all of my mom's old books from when she was a kid and all of her friends' books that they passed to me. And um, as I grew into a reader, I discovered that I really enjoyed fantasy. So I would start gravitating towards fantasy. Um, and my mom really was supportive of this. She would tell all her friends, send me all of um, your fantasy books because my kid really wants to read them. And after a while, um, I started wanting to tell my own stories. So when I was eight, I sat down in class and I wrote my very, very first book. It was on like scraps of paper that I'd torn out and um, tied together with yarn. And it was about a fairy princess who gets like lost and ends up in the human world and somehow makes a friend who's a baby monkey. Uh, it was really, it was really short and really fun. And I had some drawings that went with it. And after I finished it, I showed it to everybody and I said, okay, I want to do this with my life. Um, so I just started writing more and more um, because I it, it just became my dream and part of my identity to become published someday. But it took me like 20 years from that point to finally get to where I have two books out and a third on the way. Do you remember like, I know you talked about it right now a little bit, but do, was there like a aha moment where you decided to like, you wanted to pursue the author journey and like become published? Yeah, so it was basically, um, it was that moment when I was sitting there and I had this like really messed up yarn and tape and notebook paper book in my hands. And and I just pictured it on shelves, like cleaned up properly. And um, I said, you know, I, that's what I want out of my life. I came home and I said to my mom, I'm going to be published someday. And she was like, okay, you're eight. Um, yeah, from then on, I just I just really wanted to be published. Um, so I started learning how to write longer and longer books and and how to pitch them and things like that. And what what has that journey been like for you? And I guess what have you taken away from it? So it was really long. Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier when I said it was 20 years. I, you know, as a kid, I had big dreams. I was like, I'm going to get published really young and they're going to give me like a medal or I don't know what they give eight-year-olds who get published and <laughs> and things like that. And, and I'm going to be a star. Um, but it obviously didn't happen that way. I didn't know the first thing about getting published. I 
Um, as I became a teenager, I started looking on the internet and finding out that to be published, you needed, at least to be traditionally published, you needed an agent um, and you needed to submit to agents. So when I was 12, I submitted my first novel to an agent and they sent back a letter that was basically like, hi, you're 12. Um, does your mom know you're talking to strangers online? And I panicked and thought I was going to be in trouble. So I, I stopped talking to agents for a bit and just kept um, working on, on writing different books. But I think uh, the moment when I started seriously querying agents was when we moved to the States and um, I was 16, 17 years old. And mm -hmm. at that point, you still had to write self-addressed stamped envelopes. Um, so I would physically be mailing bits of my manuscript off to New York basic on a regular basis maybe two a few times a year I would I would come up with a new book um, and I think that's for me that's when I mark that I was seriously seriously trying to be published and it it took it took a while I got rejected a lot um, probably like a few hundred times I've lost count um, I think I wrote about 10 manuscripts that just weren't working out um, and towards the end uh, I started to get really demoralized. So I posted my books on Swoon Reads, which at the time was like a crowdsourcing website where it, it was run by a legitimate publisher. It's it's run by an imprint of Macmillan. Um, it's since closed, but they said, basically, like, if you publish your book, if you put your book up in Swoon Reads and people like it, they will rate it and we'll go through the highest rated books and pick one or two books every now and then to be published. Um, and I said, okay. Uh, let's nothing else has worked let's give this a try and those are um yeah six months later they got back to me and said we'd love to publish your books and that's how it all started yeah so you're the author of dotness and stolen city could you tell us a little bit more about the book and how it came to be sure so i actually wrote dauntless before stolen city and for the people on video i actually have the books here so dauntless just came out in paperback uh, and stolen city is not out in paperback yet but it'll be out later this year i actually wrote stolen city before Dauntless, even though Stolen City was published after Dauntless. So Stolen City is a heist novel. It's about twin thieves who are trying to steal back their city from the city's colonizers. Um, and I wrote Stolen City based on characters that my best friend and I came up with in high school. So when we were in high school, we had our own fantasy world and we had our like fantasy characters that we designed and we would pass notes basically detailing what character A or character B is up to today and then um, what what sort of trouble they were going to get into and we would get them into all kinds of things. And I was reminiscing about this when I was in, in grad school. So I called my friend up and I said, you remember those characters? What if I wrote a book and tried to get it published? And she said, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, so I sat down and wrote a heist where the four point of view characters were these four characters that my friend and I came up with. That, um, I think that I still needed a bit more experience as a writer to get that first draft to where it needed to be. And I, at the time, didn't really know how to do that. So I put it aside for a while and started writing Dauntless, which ended up being my debut novel. And for Dauntless, I was finishing up my PhD in oceanography and I was feeling really depressed because um, getting a PhD is really hard. And at the end, you have to do this thesis defense where you basically write up everything that you've done in six years and you have to defend it to a bunch of people. And I was uh, really depressed at that moment because I kind of hated my project and I wanted to remember 
why I got into oceanography in the first place. Um, I think I've always been very fascinated with the unknown, with the idea that a lot of the ocean isn't explored and we don't know what's down there. So naturally, I wrote a story about a world without an ocean. Um, and in the world of Dauntless, well, there's an ocean, but they haven't reached it yet. In the world of Dauntless, they're in what they think is like an endless forest that they haven't fully explored and they still don't really know what's out there. So the entire like culture of the protagonist is built around mapping the world around her and figuring out, you know, what's what's in the unknown, this dangerous place. Um, and then as I was developing the story, I started asking questions like what happens if she finds people who are living there already? And, and what happens when these two societies meet for the first time. So Dauntless is basically about that interaction. Um, it's also based, it's also set in a Filipino inspired world. I was really homesick at the time, I hadn't been home in 12 years. And uh, I was, I was thinking, you know, growing up all the fantasy books that I read, they all were European based fantasy. So I was thinking, why can't I write fantasy set in the Philippines or, or in an environment close to the one I grew up in? So for Dauntless, that just ended up working out. Do you think then Dauntless helped you in terms of like, I guess, a form of like coping and maybe like, you know, just just helping you deal with like all the emotions that you were feeling at the time? Yeah. So I often say that Dauntless was me writing my way home. Mm. Um, I... I was feeling a lot of things. I was feeling pretty isolated. I was feeling lost. I was coming to terms with the fact that I wasn't as straight as I had been convincing myself I was. And mm -hmm. writing Dauntless was sort of my way of, of pooling together everything I was thinking at the time, everything I was feeling and making it this kind of fantasy story about this teenage girl who's feeling all of these crappy things, but who forges, who, who defines her own path forward anyway. Um, I would say uh, Dauntless was definitely like my therapy book for, for the last part of my grad school experience. And then so in terms of going back to writing, what is your process like with each, I guess, project that you tackle? Is it always different um, with each book project or are there some, you know, things that you keep the same? It's basically, um, I think it's constantly evolving and I think it, it changes depending on each project. So in the past, when I was drafting Dauntless and Stolen City, I didn't have deadlines. I didn't have, um, I didn't have to get the book out at a certain time. So I think I was a lot more freeform with both of these books. Stolen City, I wrote without an outline. Don't do this, by the way. Don't write a heist with no outline. Um, don't ever do this. I realized like halfway through that I was going to need to figure out how all these moving parts went together. Mm. So I sat down and, and wrote an outline. Um, Dauntless, I did outline, but I ended up drifting away from the outline towards the end. And lately, because I'm I'm published and my my next projects have a much tighter timeline, I have been plotting them. I have been outlining them. It's been um, I'm not naturally an outline person, so mostly my outlines are like aspirational, and then the story usually ends up diverging some point around fifty percent of the way through. As far as the writing goes, uh, I work. So I still work full time. So for me, writing is something that has always had to be squeezed in with all mm -hmm. of my other like life responsibilities. I try and like I've been writing for a long time. So I I'm thankfully pretty quick at it. 
uh, so I try and just take a little time every day, every workday to, to sit and write. So we have some questions from um, some uh, Glendale local teen. The first question is, what is your favorite genre to read? Fantasy. Always. Um, I'm, and I know this is going to make me sound like a total nerd, but uh, epic fantasy and I are still friends because I really sometimes I just really want to picture myself in a big sprawling world and then read about someone saving it. Um, so yeah, that is definitely my comfort genre. Um, and what is a piece of advice that you would give somebody um, in terms of becoming an author or a better writer? Write what you enjoy. Um, so writing should be fun for you. It should be you writing the book that speaks to you, the book that, that you like, the book that you want to read someday. If you're sitting around hating the process of writing or like constantly tooling your book to fit the market or what you think people want to read to the point where you have no idea how to actually sit down and write it, I, I don't think that's going to be a disservice to you. Like publishing is hard. There are hard parts to writing and finishing a project, but the actual act of like creating a story should be fun. And if it's not fun for you, think about why um why how it felt when you got into writing the first time and how you can recapture that feeling um I think I got it to a point where I was really desperate to get published and I was just trying to write whatever I thought would sell and and I started not really enjoying what I was doing and it started to feel like a chore um and I remembered so I had a lot of fun writing fan fiction as a uh for a long time not even as a kid like for a long time and I remember at one point I was sitting down and I was like, why is this so much fun? And why is my original fiction not fun? And the penny dropped and it became, you know, what can I do to make my original fiction feel to me like I'm writing fan fiction? And and once I started figuring out what that was, um, I think my relationship with my writing got better. So that's my first advice is like, make sure that you enjoy what you're writing. And my second bit of advice is, um, write whatever you can, like always look for an opportunity to practice writing, even if you don't think it's going to be publishable. Because I mentioned fan fiction and fan fiction is obviously not publishable. I can't even like publicly claim a lot of the things that I did, but I had so much fun writing it and I wrote a lot. I think I wrote far more words of, of fanfic than I wrote in, in my actual novels that got published. And that experience of, of just writing and, and writing constantly and getting feedback constantly really helped me um, figure out my own voice uh, as a writer. For you, what's the hardest process when creating a book? Um, so I have a tendency to, I mentioned before that I don't outline very well, which means that I have a tendency to get lost and forget what this book was about and just end up in the weeds of like character interactions and all of these things until I realize that I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't know where this book is going. So I think for me, the hardest part is, is staying on task until the end. I think um, when I start a project, there's that little bit of time at the beginning where everything's fresh and exciting and new, and I just want to keep writing every day. And then there's that part at the end of a project where I can see the ending and um, I just need to keep writing until I get to it. But there's a long stretch of time in the middle where if I'm not uh, disciplined enough to to make sure that I'm I'm making good progress, and if I'm not careful enough to make sure that I'm not disappearing off into no man's land, um, then I just end up getting lost. 
if you are having trouble finding inspiration, what do you do to help you overcome that writer's block? So usually if I have trouble finding inspiration for my own work, I um, I read, I look for something that I would enjoy reading. Uh, I usually try a different genre, a different author, just to see if maybe something will click. Um, I found that for me anyway, like when I'm moving, when I'm physically either moving from place to place because I'm traveling or when I'm just walking around listening to music, I tend to get more inspired. Um, so sometimes I'll I'll go for a walk or I'll um, get on a train and go somewhere or and and just write down random ideas that come to me. Um, and also just sometimes I I recognize that when I'm really when nothing's really coming I I need to take a break. So I'll take a break and and spend some time being like a video game nerd for a bit and watching TV. And usually I'm waiting for that moment where. I get an idea that I can't let go of. And that's usually the idea that will be the foundation for my next project. What do you hope readers feel when they read your books? So like I mentioned, I'm still a big epic fantasy nerd and I just want readers, um, I want readers to feel inspired. Like I want readers to feel like if there's something that they're struggling with, they can, they can do it, they can feel empowered and they can push through whatever whatever struggles life might have for them and feel like heroic and good and, and feel confident and know that they can do great things. I think that's what I got out of a lot of fantasy books um, growing up. I, if I was, if I was facing a difficulty, I would start like as a kid, I would start to think, well, what if I was the hero of the story, then this wouldn't be a problem. This would just be like the natural struggles that I have to get through to get to the end. And um, I would read books that would, I would read books chasing this feeling. And that's sort of the feeling that I want readers to get when they read my books. And I think this this question also go, ties into that question as well. But to you, what does all this mean, especially being able to share your voice through your books and, you know, you know, represent also your community and like write, you know, characters that people could relate to? There's like three parts to that question. So to be able to share my stories and to be able to tell stories that people will read. Um, it's honestly incredible. I always loved writing and I've always loved um, coming up with stories and now seeing people read my books and, and get to know my characters and talk to me about those characters. It's it's really amazing. And um, it's a feeling that I can't let go of. But to, to write characters that people can relate to and to represent my community, um, I think it's a huge responsibility and I'm always trying to do it right. I know that like for me personally, I really want to write books with Filipino representation, but I know that I personally, you know, I'm half Spanish, I'm half Filipino. So my experience with being Filipino and growing up in the Philippines is not the same as other people's experience. And so I'm always careful to try and make sure that I'm like accurately portraying the experience that I have while at the same time acknowledging that it's not the same experience that other people might have. Um, I think it's a huge responsibility because they're really, I mean, there's more now, but when I was growing up, there weren't really any Filipino protagonists that I could think of. And um, being able to have Sari on the page on, on the cover of Dauntless is incredible, but I'm always, I'm, I'm very aware that um, we, we could always use more Filipino writers. And until we have a lot of representation to choose from, I just have to be careful with, 
with the way I portray my characters to make sure that um, I'm uplifting people and not putting them down. I also, I want to talk about your like book covers because they're really beautiful book covers. Um, yeah. How was that process like for you, you know, choosing, you know, the book covers and what you wanted to put on the cover? So I am pretty visually challenged. Um, I have a hard time imagining what my book covers would look like. And I have a really hard time like picturing my characters, but I did commission art for all of my characters um, from artists on Twitter that I, I really enjoyed just so that I could use them for promotional material. And when it came time to ask for, for cover ideas, my publisher said, what do you want from this cover? Um, and I basically had to come clean and say, I really don't know, but I do know that I want the characters on this cover. So here are some art that I commissioned of them. And I want to get a Filipino artist for Dauntless because it's it's set in a Filipino world. And I, I really wanted to make sure that um, I was including as many Filipino people as I could in the process. And so they loved the idea. They put out an, a call asking for people to send their portfolios. And then they picked four that they kind of liked and asked me, which one of this is the is closest to the idea um, that you had when you were writing the book? So I looked at the I looked at the the samples and um, I was really drawn to Sarah Gonzalez's work. So Sarah Gonzalez became the cover design the cover illustrator for Dauntless, and her work had this really dreamy, surreal, like really vibrant feel that um, I looked at and I said that looks like what I was thinking when I was writing this book um, and so they commissioned her for the cover and it came out so beautifully that when Stolen City came around they said what do you think if we just use the same artist and I said yes absolutely go for it please um, and she commissioned and and she did the illustration for Stolen City so um, this is again Stolen City and this is Dauntless and when these came out I knew you're not supposed to have a favorite child but I really love <laughs> the colors in the Stolen City cover um, this is this is beautiful and special and I have it framed up on the wall but this is also like they're they're both amazing covers so I'm super happy and I hope we get her for my next book but even if we don't fingers crossed you know because I yeah I hope that um, my next book has a good cover too so before we end we have some rapid fire questions the first question is what is your favorite color blue mostly <laughs> <laughs> when are you the happiest um when I'm at the beach when I'm in the ocean when I'm by water usually what is your favorite epic fantasy novel I'm still a big fan of the Stonelight Archive I think that's the first thing that comes to mind yeah knowing what you know now what advice would you give your 18 year old self keep writing also maybe don't answer scammy emails from people saying they're going to publish your book for free if you sign over the rights forever and ever if you could have three people dead or alive for dinner guess who would it be okay there's like the intellectual answer and then there's the fangirl answer um oh god I, I don't know uh okay well this is a really boring answer but I would I haven't actually met a lot of the people who went into making Dauntless and Soul and City possible so I would love to just have dinner with my cover designer my editor and um my uh the the book designer because I just really think that they're beautiful books and the fangirl answer is probably like a, a parade of anime pretty boys just walked through my head um <laughs> and it's hard to pick three of them 
what do you want your legacy to be? I just want to write good stories. Um, I think that for me, anyway, if I write a story that gets people talking, that that has like a thriving fan community, that has people like making art and and sharing theories and talking about what the next book is going to be like, um, or or just thinking about like what I would have written if I could, because if it's a legacy, I'm assuming I'm not around anymore. I think that would be, I think that would be a wonderful thing to leave behind. So what is a book that you are reading or currently reading that you would recommend? I'm currently reading um, As Long As the Lemon Trees Grow, which is about the Syrian revolution. It's very hard reading. So, you know, read it if you're in a good place. But um, I, I do recommend it. I think that the author is taking a difficult event and, and showing a very human story. And it's a YA book. It, it's about like a young girl who's forced to working as a doctor and she's trying to figure out like if she should stay or if she should take her pregnant sister-in-law and go. So it's a really hard book to read, but um, I think it's a really important book and it's very well written. Awesome. Thank you so much. We learned a lot about you. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to sit down with us and talk. Can you let everyone at home know about any upcoming projects and where they could connect with you? Sure. So my next book is called Lovely, Dark and Deep. It's coming out in winter 2025. Um, it's a bit of a departure from my first two books because it's not set in a fantasy world. It's set in our world, but it's still a fantasy story. It's about a Filipino-American girl who's off to her senior year of magic school, um, but she's haunted by the ghost of her dead, dead best friend and has to basically solve a mystery involving a cursed forest and all these other creepy things. So um, that comes out in in 2025, pretty early in the year. And there will be more information about that soon. But you can already add it to Goodreads. And for more information, you can find me on Twitter at EABWrites or on Instagram at elisa.a.banin. So basically just my author name with dots in between. Um, I'll be on Twitter as long as it lasts. If it collapses, I'll probably migrate somewhere else. But you can always find me on my website, eabanin.com. And that should have all the most updated links to my socials. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. It was so lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. This was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it.